Just pray in the Holy Ghost just for two minutes. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. If you are online, you are welcome. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Share the page. Invite your friends. Let them join us for a wonderful service. To the classroom where we teach the word of God. Shata kapakasata. Rababa satata prokotoko soto prolokotosh. Masuto koporondos epelegedesh. Magada baka santos ke palakatas kataya. Borodo kose predeko sopradi kataka sata. Manta kapalaba santaska. Alabaka shata labaka shade bege. Mashada labaka shada. Great is thy faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh Lord, great is thy faithful. They are new every morning. Oh, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh Lord, oh we love you Jesus Great, thank you Holy Ghost Thank you for your love Hallelujah Shout glory Oh, shout another glory Say the word of God Say it as you mean, say the word of God Is God speaking to me Say I am who Christ is I have what Christ has. I can do what Christ can do. I'm seated where Christ is seated. In heavenly place. See, I am a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Say it again. Say, I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Say, the word of God is for my benefit. Shout glory. So today we are teaching briefly on the concept of the new birth. Throughout we've been teaching on the predestinate will of God or the predestined will of God. And it, re- it ran through part, from part one to part four. Amen. Very powerful series, very powerful message. It's not just, the power is not in the fact that we are preaching it. The power is in the fact that it has the ability to transform your way of thinking. I inspire your spirit to live the victorious Christian life. Amen. The Christian is not a defeated person. The Christian is not an inferior person. He is not just a person who goes to church. The person who goes to church to be trained to live the superior life. To live a life above the senses. To live a life above what circumstances can offer. To live a life above what the nations that we live in can offer. Come on, shout glory. glory. Okay, what I just said. What I said. So the Christian is not an inferior person. And that is why we bring you these messages so that you know who you are. They know how to live. They know how to act. Amen. Is that not powerful? One of the things that Jesus knew very well was who he was. Did you hear what I said? The people in his days wanted to argue about that. They kept on arguing about it. See, argue about who he was. But because he was so convinced of who he was, and convinced of the fact that the Father has sent him in his name, he could always stand against the oppositions that came against him. 
Amen. Amen. Is that not powerful? So he told the people, say, I am the father, I am, I am my father, I won. And they were angry. He told Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. He said, he says, I'm the bread of life. He knew who he was. He wasn't just a Jesus Christ, born through prophecy, the son of God, walking around. No. He had knowledge. Jesus had knowledge. Say it after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Had, knowledge. had knowledge. Knowledge of the Father, knowledge of the Father. and knowledge of himself. And the knowledge of the purpose for which he was born. Shout glory. So that is why in his days he was the only one who was casting out demons. What did he know? That made him cast out demons. And the demons could recognize his authority. And say, Jesus, thou son of David, have you come to destroy us before our time? The demons were asking him. Meanwhile, the religious folks were arguing with him. Demons could recognize the authority and the identity of Jesus. Whilst the religious folks were arguing about his authority and his identity. Is that not, is that not strange? Shout glory. He says, Jesus, son of the, have you come to destroy us before our time? You see, when they, they saw it, they saw him. But they knew he was not an ordinary person. So Jesus lived like that. And he did not let us, he didn't say we should be born again just to be in church. And be chasing money. And be chasing things. Amen. To be born again, to know who we are. And live it out. To live the victorious life. To live the triumphant life. To live a life above the senses. The centurion said, I am a man under authority just as you are. Is that not true? Meaning that the centurion knew that Jesus was a man of authority. He says, just as you are. I am a man under authority just as you are. And so when I say unto you, go, he goes. When I say unto this, go, he goes. When I say unto this one to come, he come, he comes. So just speak the word only. My servant will be healed. Is that not powerful? So Jesus demonstrated who he was. He did not just know who he was. He demonstrated. No wonder Peter said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus went about doing good and healing order to oppress of the devil. He says, for God was with him. He said, Jesus, a man approved of God among you with signs and wonders and miracles, diverse miracles. Is that not powerful? It says, a man mighty in deeds and mighty in words. Jesus. That was before his resurrection and his ascension. And now he has given us, he has opened the eyes of our understanding to know our identification with him. And what it actually means. And that is how Christians must live. No matter where you find yourself. No matter what you find yourself in. No matter the situation that you find yourself in. You live the Christian life there. Amen. Come on shout glory. Who caught what I just said? Is that not powerful? And that is the reason why we teach the predestinate will. And that's the reason for the classroom. So that you can understand some of these truths and live by these truths. Amen. Amen. Take us to John chapter 4. I want to teach for just a few minutes. Amen. Amen. We have all the Wednesdays in this world. Is that not true? Until the rapture comes. Is that true? We are teaching until the rapture comes. By the time the rapture comes on a Wednesday like this. Magoto soto prokosotoya. The rapture takes place on a Wednesday Wednesday like this. We shall be changed. In the twinkle of an eye. And mortality will put on immortality. John chapter 4 verse 21. Come on shout glory. Who understand what I just said? Masoto kopolo kotoya. Build yourself up. Tell somebody, say, build yourself up spiritually. Build your spirit up spiritually. Build your soul up spiritually. Say, spend time building your spirit. Spend time developing your spirit. Spend time training your spirit. And rule from your spirit. The human spirit has the highest force. The human spirit. Come on, shout powerful. Jesus said unto her, Woman, 
Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem. We are talking about the concept of the new birth. Worship the Father. Verse 22. Powerful stuff. We'll finish right now. Amen. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Verse 20. This was a conversation between Jesus and that woman. Is that true? Verse 20 what? But the hour cometh and now is. When the true will see there is, there is, there is an hour for all your preparations. There is an hour for all, for all your trainings. There is an hour for all your knowledge. There is an hour. Amen. Amen. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Verse 24. God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Come on, shout glory. glory. Is that not powerful? So God is a spirit. Say it after me. It says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth. Amen. Amen. So God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And because God is a spirit, God sees things from a spiritual angle. Amen. Or he sees things from a spirit angle. From a spirit perspective. Or from a spiritual perspective because he is a spirit being. So when God is defining a person, he defines a person by the state of the person's spirit or heart. Because he is a spirit. Come on, shout glory. glory. So God looks at the condition of your heart. He looks at the state of your heart. He looks at how your heart looks like, your spirit looks like to define you. Because it's a spirit. Amen. Amen. And it matters what the state of your spirit is in the sight of God. It matters how the state of your spirit is. It matters the condition of your spirit. Amen. Amen. So God sees things from a, a, a spirit, a spirit perspective. That's God for you. Come on, shout powerful. powerful. So God is a spirit being. Amen. Amen. And sees things from a spirit perspective. Is that not powerful? A very spiritual perspective. So it says that I, the Lord, I search the heart. I do what? I search the heart. It says, my son, give me your heart. Amen. He did not say, give me your life. He didn't say that. He said, give me your heart. And let your eyes observe my ways. My son, give me your heart. So what is he after? Your heart. My son, give me your heart. Is that not powerful? Take us to First Samuel. Quickly. I'm just trying to open up certain things to you. Amen. Oh. Man toko poroko sonto. First Samuel chapter sixteen. Oh, libaka shata braka shata. Who is hearing something? First Samuel chapter sixteen. Are we there? Are we there? You know. So when you are in this world, Amen. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? So when you are there and you hear certain news. That a friend of yours is dead. Or that a relative has this particular sickness and is never going. Or this, this, all those things are happening. What comes into your mind? Amen. Amen. What comes into your mind? It's very important what comes into your mind. Because <laughs> we are not in this world escaping through the world. Amen. Because it's important when you hear all those things, as a Christian, you should be, begin to ask yourself a lot of questions. Why are these things happening? What about me? If you've never asked yourself those questions, you should begin to ask them. Because that will let you know that you can't sit down there and just be watching things ignorantly. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
to let you know that you are not in this world just to escape. You are here to do something. And you are not just here for anything that afflicts men to afflict you too. You are not accepting such kind of thing when it comes to you. Anyone can accept them. But you see, this kind of thing will only come into your spirit. Thoughts will come into your spirit or come into your mind when you are a student of the word. Because when you see what is written concerning you and you see all the things happening in this world and happening to your friends and happening to this relative and happening to a close person and happening to a fellow worker and all of that. And you know what is written concerning you. You would want to see what is written concerning you in the scriptures being appropriated in your life, true or false. You don't just want to accept anything. So you didn't just say, oh, this has happened to you. This is, hey, are we safe? Are we safe? That is not what comes into your mind. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you didn't hear what I said. I shouted glory. glory. You hear what I said? You understand what I just said? So you're not saying, are we safe? Hey, this is happening to this. This is happening. Hey, this person. Hey. No. No. I've said before, you see, I said that if a man of God like me preaches and you find me in the wheelchair, don't because of me sitting in the wheelchair doubt the word of God. Yeah. It's not my experience that you use to define your life. Do you know what I said? It's the word of God that you use to define your life. My experience of God's word. You hear what I just said? So it's not because of the experience of a man of God, the experience of a leader, the experience of this happening. Then now you are beginning to be afraid. Hey. That fear means that you don't have much light. You must go for light. Did you hear what I said? The presence of the thoughts of fear tells you you don't know much. You didn't hear what I said. You hear what I said. And the Lord said unto Samuel, did I just say something to you? How long will thou mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill thy horn with oil and go. And I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehem, what, Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. Verse 2. Hurry up. Shatala, Bahaya. And someone said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 3. And call Jesse to the sacrifice. And now, you see, there are different ways that God delivers people out of things. Did you hear what I said? There are different ways. And God delivers people out of trouble. The Spirit of God delivers people out of, or delivers Christians out of trouble through different methods and different means. So if you are not a student of the Word and you are not sensitive to the Holy Ghost, you miss such deliverances. And you blame the Lord for that. When the worst happens. Why did I say that? Because of what I just saw here. Is that not true? Who saw what I saw here? Or oh, if you saw what I saw, lift up your hands and let me see. Or oh, you have seen what I'm seeing here. That is why you must pray every day that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. So that you can see the things in the scriptures. You don't see English writings. Come on, shout glory. glory. And call Jesse, verse 2. He says, Someone said, If I go, Saul will kill me. God did not say, Who is Saul? I am God. I will kill him if he tries. Is that what God said? Oh, I'll let him sleep and sleep till you go and come. Is that what God said? God told him the strategy to use to avoid Saul's wrath against him. True or false? And that's deliverance. Just like when Jesus, Mary, Joseph and Mary were told, carry this child and run out of town. God could have said, I am God. That is my son. Can you touch my son? Couldn't God have done that? Yeah. You read the scripture with this, you could have said, that is my son. Somebody who had been prophesied, do you know how many years I've been waiting for him to come? Who is, who is Herod? Did God say that? No. no. He told them to escape and showed him the way of escape. Where to go to? Paul, as powerful as Paul was, one day escaped through a basket. They had to put Paul in a basket and put it down for him to run away. As powerful as Paul was. In fact, the man was so powerful that he was beaten by a, a venomous viper. He was talking, preaching, talking to the people. He was beaten by a, a, a poisonous snake, serpent. And he shook the snake and continued talking as if nothing had happened. And the people were expecting that he dies. They dies, dies, they wait five minutes, ten minutes. Hey, I call you to say, 
They said, this one is Nyame, this one is Nyame sitting down. At the point in time, he had to be put in a basket to run away. And Samuel said, how can I go? Is that not powerful? If so, here it will kill me. And the Lord said, take this and do this. Go to verse 3. Who is following the teachings now? Once I say, Papa, you are talking about the new things. A lot of things are in my spirit. Amen. Once I hold the microphone, they come like a, 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 what do you call it? A fountain. The Lord told me, I'll make you a fountain of revelation. And call this, that was in 2000 and what? It's around 2012, 13. And call Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show thee what thou shalt, shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. Verse 4. And someone did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? Verse 5. And he said, Peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Verse 6. Is that not powerful? And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab or Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. That was the prophet Samuel. So the prophet can make a mistake if he doesn't take care. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Do you see that? For man looketh on the outward appearance. So man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks on the heart. Is that not powerful? God looks at the heart. Say it. Say God looks at the heart. So that's why I say God looks at your heart. And tells who you are by what is in your heart. Or who you are in your heart. Or in your spirit. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? And so this is very important. Being born again. It's a very important concept or subject. And a very important experience. Being born again. Very important. And normally church folks don't understand what it means when we say you are born again. Or they see it as, oh, this is just a minor subject. Just be born again, that's all. And because of that, Christians just think that they are born again. You join a church and you are just in church. Amen. Amen. But you see, it's beyond that. When you are born again, one of the things that you will do is to go to join a church, to be trained. But joining a church doesn't mean you are born again. Whatever I said. Because being born again is a spiritual experience. A supernatural experience. That occurs in the human spirit. Being born again doesn't occur in your body or on your body. Amen. It's a supernatural experience that takes place in your spirit. Oh, is it not powerful? God is a powerful God. You know, I've said it before, let me say it here. Again, that God defines the human creation, primarily defines the human creation based on what the the disposition of the human spirit in the human body. He defines human creation based on, so when God looks around, he sees the human creation, true or false. And I use the word human because there is no word to use again. Amen. But he, he defines the human creation based on the disposition. What is in the human spirit in the human body. Or how the human spirit looks like in the human body. We have already just said there. Amen. And that is very important. And God recognizes two kinds or two types of beings. Or what we call two species of, be- of beings. God recognizes two. God recognizes how many? Two. Two species of being. Or two types of human beings. Or two types of human creation. God recognizes only two. There is no other creation he recognizes. So you say, oh, the robot looks like the human being. Or the ape looks like the human being. Is that not true? 
No, that's not true. Is that not true? Mm-hmm. So, God <laughs> recognizes that there are two types of human creation. And that recognition is based on the two types of human spirit. Write it down. It's very important. Recognition is based on the two types of human spirit. Is that not powerful? So God has created two kinds of human spirit. They are talking about being born again. Is that not true? Two types of human spirit. And as I, I go, I'll, I'll, I'll explain something. Is that not powerful? He recognizes two. He recognizes how many? Two types of human creation. So that you belong to this type or you belong to the other type. The first species or type of human creation is the type that was created by breath in the garden. That's the first type. And the second type is the type that was created by birth through the resurrection of Jesus. Right? But the first type of human creation, and we are not talking about human creation from, that's why I said we are talking about the heart, the spirit. Whoever I just said. So we are not talking about the outward appearance or the physical body. Who is hearing what I'm saying? We are talking about the spirit being, the spirit man. Come on, shout glory. glory. Now take us to Genesis. Can I explain something? Can I explain something? This is very important. Take us to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Come on, shout glory. Who heard what I just said there? Who heard what I just said there? It's very important. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Is that not true? Or are you in this church or you are writing too much? (laughs) Amen. You are writing too much, eh? (laughs) And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. You see that three? So he formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So when God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils of man, what happened was that there was an impartation of what we call the spirit of man. Out of that breath of life, who is the Holy Ghost? The spirit of man was created in the human body. So the human body is like a container or a house. Or was like a container over there. So when he breathes, how do I know that? Go to the book of Job quickly. I'm talking about what? The first type. Amen. Talk about two types. That's the talk about two types. Of, of species or of the human spirit in the human body. Yes. So go to the book of Job. Hurry up. Uh, Job chapter 32. Or Job chapter 33 verse 4 first. Job 33 4. And man became a living soul. It says the spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty has given me life. The breath of the Almighty is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So it says the spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty has given me life. So man became a living soul after the spirit of man had been imparted or released into the human body that was formed. Well, yes, they said there. Is that not powerful? 
Go to the same book of Job. Hurry up. Shout glory. glory. Chapter 32, verse 8. My soul. But there is a spirit in man. Can we all read this together? Job 32, verse 8. One, two, go. Uh huh. But there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. So, there is a spirit in man. There is a spirit in man. Come on, shout glory. It is the type, that type of spirit in man that defines the first man. So I said, God defines the human creation based on what? The disposition of the human spirit in the human body. Who got, who got that? All those big, big English. Amen. But it's powerful. Is that not powerful? Now, what I'm trying to tell you is that man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. So when we say, who is man? Man is a spirit. See, because, but because of the lack of English vocabulary, we just, when we say man, it looks like it's generic. Because it becomes difficult to use another word apart from man. Especially when we are talking about the Christian. Amen. Amen. That's why I talked about the human creation. The human creation. In fact, if I'm going into details, I have to distinguish between all of these things. But that will get all of you going left and right. Amen. So it's okay. Let's stay, stay with the human. Amen. One day I'll get a better word for that. But this, but there's a spirit in man. So man is a spirit. Say it after me. Say man is a spirit. Having a soul. And living in a body. So every man lives in his body. Every man is tabernacled in his body. No man is a body. Think about that. No man is a body. Every man is a spirit. Amen. And men are identified. Like I said earlier, men are identified in the sight of God based on how their spirits look like. Don't forget that. Why do I say that? Because even though we say man is a spirit, you read throughout the scriptures and it talks about man being a spirit. It talks about the spirit in man. It talks about the human spirit. The same person. You know, I didn't say the same thing. I said what? The same person. Amen. Throughout the scriptures. It talks about the, the inner man. It talks about the hidden man of the heart. It's the same person. Throughout the scriptures. So man is a spirit. We also call it the human spirit of man. Call him the human spirit of man. So man is a spirit. Tabernacled in this body. And having a soul. Is that not powerful? Now what I want you to understand is this. The reason why I'm explaining some of these things is because before I go into what it means to be born again. So that you understand that all spirit beings are not the same. So when we say man is a spirit. It doesn't mean that all human spirits are the same. Right? It is very important. All human spirits are not the same. And I said that man is a spirit. Did I say that? And I said all human spirits are not the same. They are not the same in class. Write it down. They are not the same in kind. And they are not the same in resemblance. All human spirits are not the same. According to the scriptures. All spirit beings are not the same. For instance, angels are spirit beings. The scriptures call them ministering spirits. Is that true or false? But all angels are not the same. Yet they are all quantified or called angels, messengers of God. Ministering spirits. But all angels are not the same in class, in kind, and in resemblance. Did you hear what I said? I'm trying to say that means that even though they are spirit beings, 
Some angels differ from another. Even as spirit beings. The same with demons. Who is hearing what I'm saying? Is that powerful? In the same way, all human spirits are not the same. That's why I say sometimes in our explanations for the lack of the right vocabulary, we use man. And man use, man, man looks very generic. But if you are going in deep understanding of what we really want to teach, we would have to do a lot of differentiations. Oh, heaven, I just said there. So all human spirits are not the same. Now, come on, shout glory. glory. By the working of God according to his counsel, say the working of God according to his counsel. Now, if you are online, you may not understand if you have not listened to a predestinate will, two or false. If you are also here, you may not understand if you have not listened to predestinate will, one and two and three and four. Amen. Amen. But by the workings of God, according to his own counsel, that means that God working out his own things all by his own wisdom, where no one is advising him or giving him the power to do. We call it the workings of God according to his counsel. Now, by the workings of God according to his counsel, God has introduced three types of human spirits in the human body. <laughs> Today I look like a lecturer. Come on, shout glory. By the workings of God according to his counsel, God has introduced three what? Types of human spirits in the human body. So when you look at God, you understand that he does not Touch the human body, true or false. Throughout the scriptures. It doesn't touch the human body. It doesn't create again the human body. Or the soul. He deals with the human spirit. Why? That is why I started by saying that God God is a spirit. Amen. Amen. So his dealings start with the human spirit. God's dealings even with the Christian begins from the human spirit. Whoever I just said. That is why if you are, your human spirit, for instance, is not trained to understand a lot of things, you can get born again and backslide. So I'm not going to church again. Oh, I didn't know this thing was like this. Amen. Amen. You can receive something and miss it. So I received my healing. Ah, why did it pass? When the man of God cast out devils, I've been free for about one year. All of a sudden, you understand? Because God's dealings is first of all with the human spirit. Oh, hear what I just said there. Is that not powerful? So by God's wisdom, He's introduced three kinds of human spirits in the human body without necessarily changing the human body. After He formed man out of the dust of the ground, all men that have come, have the human body. He doesn't change the human body or create the human body, whether fair or dark or take tall or whatever. That's what I'm saying. But he deals with the human spirit. So there have been three kinds. The first one is the human spirit that the first Adam had. Write it down. The human spirit that the first Adam had. That human spirit that the first Adam had in Genesis that was created by breath in the garden. Is that not powerful? So you are teaching us something. You can just teach you this one and end today. Is that not true? Oh, shout glory. So the human spirit that the first Adam or the first man had in the garden, that human spirit, is also a human spirit. The spirit in man. But that human spirit is different from the kind, from the kind of human spirit that Jesus had when he was born. Did you hear what I said? Who heard what I said? The kind of human spirit that Jesus had when he was born is different from what Adam had. And the kind of human spirit that Jesus was raised with is also different from all these two I've mentioned. Write it down. Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? Is that not powerful? Knock somebody, say, make sure you don't sleep. Make sure you don't sleep. Knock people in the back and the front. 
And by side we say, don't sleep, don't sleep. <laughs> is that is that awesome? Is that awesome? Who understand what I'm just preaching right now? You understand? Say preach on, preach on. Say this is practical present truths. Say this is powerful. Amen. Glory. So these three types of human spirits all in the human body. Three types. Say three types. For instance, the first man, Adam, did not have eternal life in his spirit. Yet, his kind or type of human spirit came through the Holy Ghost into his body. But that type of human spirit did not have eternal life. So the coming of Jesus was not like a restoration to the first Adam. That's why people, some don't know, they think it's a restoration. Do you know people think it's a restoration? No, it's not. Okay, what I said. And that human spirit lacked certain things that I don't want to go into. He was good. Say he was good. It was a good human spirit. It was a good human spirit. It was a good human spirit. Amen. Could have dominion over the faces of the air, uh, the, the, the faces of the sea, and the birds of the air, and over all the physical things that had been created. That is how far his dominion could be. Some people, some people teach other things like that man was so powerful that he had dominion over all the principalities and had dominion over all. No, nothing in the scriptures teaches us that Adam, the first man Adam, had much information about the spiritual world. Nothing in the scriptures teaches us that. He was natural. He was natural. I've read books, I've seen things where people talk about that as if the first Adam, the human spirit, had some accesses and all that. No. I don't have to. I would have taken you to all those theologies right now. Come on, shout glory. But it's very powerful to understand the difference. Then when Jesus was born, Jesus was born. Is that not powerful? Now, after the first Adam, if everyone, anyone that needs to be born, the person needs to be born through the sperm of a man and through the egg of a woman, true or false, Dr. John? Is that true? That's from Adam. And anyone who was born through those means, those natural means, was born and had the human, the same human spirit that Adam had. I'm talking about the human spirit of Adam before his fall. You understand? And after he fell through disobedience, the type of human spirit, the fallen one, the one with sin, was now transferred to all those who were born naturally after his lineage. I explained that some, some uh, last week or two weeks. Is that not true? But the birth was out of what? The sperm of a man. Because God had made a pronouncement, be fruitful and multiply. So when God spoke those words, he had given man the authorization to be fruitful and multiply through natural means. Whoever I just said. You read, you read the book of Genesis and you understand that even when the trees were, 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 were formed and they grew out of the, of the, of the ground, the scripture says that God has said that it should produce after its kind. So every tree, different types of trees, is that not true? Yes, or doom is different from wawa, is that not true? And they produce after their kind. The same with animals. Because that is what God said. That was, his, that was his declaration. He had prophesied like that. So that was what was taking place. Hallelujah. True or false? Yes. So every man born was born with a human spirit, but was born through the sperm of a man there should be a contact of the sperm of a man and the egg of a woman for there to be the giving birth to a human being. Did you hear what I said? That is there. Then when Jesus was born, Jesus' human spirit was different from Adam. Why? Because Jesus was not born by, or was not born through the process I just described. (laughs) <laughs> for there to be a birth that's God's how should I, that's what I said after what the workings of God after the counsel of his will 
when it came to Jesus, because the whole human race had, had been made sin, and had been made subject to sin, and the nature of sin was being transferred, Jesus had to be born in a different way, such that that nature of sin would not be found in him. He needed to be a sinless person. That means that he was also coming as a man. Do you understand what I'm saying? As a man is what? Man is a spirit. If he was going to come as a man, he was going to also come as a man with a human spirit, having a soul and living in a body. So what happened was that this time, God chose to introduce a divine life through his word or to introduce his life. God introduced his own sperm. This time, his sperm, he is God. Is that not God? So his sperm is a spiritual sperm. It's a spiritual life. Through his word. Why? Because the scripture says the word of God has life. So sometimes when you talk about life, all that people think about in life is that, oh, you, you are walking around. You, you have life. You, you understand? No. There's a life that comes through the human sperm. There's a life that comes through the word. Because the word also has life. Just that the life that comes through the word is a divine life. But even though it's a divine life, that divine life, through the operations of the Holy Ghost, can come in contact with the egg of a woman. To form a man. Come on, shout glory. So this particular kind of birth or creation came to being. Through the life, in him was life. The life was the light of man. The beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. In the word is life, true or false. John said that that which was from the beginning, the word of life. So when the angel of the Lord went to Mary, Mary said, how shall this be? Because the angel told him that you give birth to a child. Is that not true? Another kind of creation. And Mary was confused. How do I give birth to a child without the human sperm? Because that's what we are all used to. Then the angel described what will happen. Says the spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. Then says, and the power of the almighty shall overshadow you. So that the child that, this child that you give birth to will be known as the son of the highest. Whoever I just said. When the angel was declaring those words, it's just like the, the prophet in the Old Testament said that tomorrow about this time, this and this will happen. That declaration was a release of life. Did it happen? It did happen. So this particular time, the angel, the messenger of God, carrying the word of God, that word that was that he was carrying was the word of life. So when he spoke to Mary, he introduced that life. And through what he caused the oppression of the Holy Ghost, that life came into contact with the egg of Mary and a child came out. Whoever I just said. When that child was born and growing up, that child was also another type of human spirit. Having a soul and living in a body. But this one was referred to as the son of God. He was the son of man. He was the son of God. God had become flesh. Or God had taken on flesh. You don't understand. Go and listen to the mystery of godliness. He's not there. We said God became flesh. We explained that. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. That is so powerful. Is that not powerful? So that was another type of human spirit. But this particular human spirit that Jesus had, he got this body from Mary. He got his human spirit, his human life from that life that was released. The word of life. Say the word of life. So as Jesus was growing up and was coming, he was not ordinary, but I'm trying to say that he was different from the first Adam. That human spirit that he had, because the human spirit is you. Man is a spirit. Don't forget that principle. Say it after me. Say, man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. You see, so Jesus said, the son of man. The son of God. The son of man. Amen. Amen. A union of humanity and deity. But you see, his human spirit, because 
Their birth came out of the word of life. This human spirit carried life. It's called eternal life. Say eternal life. He, he carried, this human spirit carried the life of God. And he walked on this earth. The life of God in the human spirit of Jesus. Different from the type of human spirit that the first Adam had. And so he was just around as the son of God. As the son of man. The son of God. Why the son of God? Because this one was born of God. His human spirit was what defined him. That's why I said that God defines what? The human creation based on the disposition of the human spirit. So this particular one was called the son of God, the son of man, because his human spirit had eternal life through the means by which he was born. Tabernacles in the human body. So he could touch them. They could send him. He could attend funerals. Do you know what I'm saying? He could attend child dedication. That was Jesus. Until when he received the Holy Ghost. Then he started demonstrating his identity. Whoever I just said there. Is that powerful? When he received the Holy Ghost. Then he started demonstrating his identity. The Holy Ghost. Say the Holy Ghost. And started doing all the things he did. But you see, even though the human spirit, that human spirit of Jesus had eternal life and had the nature of God and was unique and different, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he was the only person of his kind. The only one with the, that type of human spirit. All those who were around him had, had the Adamic human spirit which had fallen. They were all summed up as for all have sinned. For what? And the scripture teaches that when it says for all have sinned, he's not talking about those who sinned, sinned after the similitude of Adam, the first Adam's transgression. That means that they did not disobey God like Adam did. But there's been a transference of that nature into all of them. So Jesus was the only type of human spirit of his kind walking in Galilee. And the Holy Ghost came and he did demonstrations. Come on, shout glory. glory. But you see, even though that type of human spirit was also very powerful and many preachers will say, oh, that human spirit did not lack anything because that human spirit had the nature of righteousness and had the life of God and had the love of, love of God and all that. There was still something that that human spirit still lacked in the mind of God. Come on, shout glory. glory. It's referred to as what that human spirit still was after is called the consummation of the human spirit. Write it down. The consummation of the human spirit. <laughs> You're out of time, eh? Shout glory. glory. If I were you on Facebook, I would start calling my friends. Come on, shout glory. glory. Shout glory. glory. Who is hearing something? Who is hearing something? It's very important. That was what the consummation of the human spirit. The, the, the human spirit of Jesus had life, had all what it, what, it, what, it, what it needed. But there was still something in the purposes of God that, are not yet, that had not yet been achieved. Write it down. There was still something in the purposes of God that that human spirit had not yet achieved or had not yet attained to. Was it something that that human spirit with eternal life had not yet attained to? That's why I refer to it as the consummation of the human spirit. That meant that when I say the consummation of the human spirit, it means that that human spirit had not been brought to a state of perfection. When I finish teaching, you should give me some seed. Because you are hearing certain things. This is a book. This is a book. Is this not a book? This is the reason why I've delayed today. I'm writing my book.
Come and shout glory. glory. Shout powerful man of God. You understand what I'm saying? Who is following what I'm teaching? Do you know why this so much? Why are these things important? So that you understand those types. If I teach you for about three months and I don't see you coming back that you've gone to deal with some demon somewhere, I will take a cane and lash all of you. Is that not true? Very powerful. Or certain things, certain experiences. The people in Goshen had a different experience than those in Egypt. True or false? Isaac had a different experience than those who were all around him. True or false? There is something that makes us distinct. It's more than going to church. It's what you hear. Come on, shout powerful man of God. Go hear what I said. So you see, I'm talking about the human spirit of Jesus had not been brought to a state of perfection. Write it down. He had not been brought to a state of perfection. He had not been made what I call the consummate Lord. Say the consummate Lord. Or the consummate master. That means that he had not attained or achieved certain things in the purpose of God. That human spirit. What am I talking about? It meant that that human spirit needed the keys of death and hell. That human spirit needed to be made consummate Lord over three worlds. So even though Jesus was casting out devils, and the devils recognized that he was master, and he said, Jesus, have you come to destroy before our time? And all that, they still knew that their master holds the keys of death and hell. That is why you read the epistles and it mentions Jesus as the firstborn of all creation. Is that true? But you see, even though he calls him the first to be born by God in all creation, that is not the only terminology he gives to Jesus. After the resurrection, he calls him the firstborn from the dead. Now, if the firstborn from the dead is not important, then it, it wouldn't come in the description of him in the epistles. Who heard that English I just said? Who heard that English I just said? So it doesn't only refer to Jesus as the firstborn of all creation. Because even though he had been born by God in among creation, that human spirit had not yet achieved something or attained certain something in the mind of God. Come on, shout glory. glory. Who heard what I just said? So that human spirit had to be made. Are we here? Are we here? That human spirit had to be made the consummate Lord of three worlds. So he dealt with devils. He cast out them. They ran away. Some of them said they would just take us to the pig. He says go to the pig. They ran away and all of that. But the human spirit of Jesus had not yet been consummated. Come on, shout glory. Go on, understand what I've just said. Now, when that human spirit of Jesus, to just cut it short, went to, who is following what I'm saying? 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 When that human spirit of Jesus took on sin and went to hell, why did he go to hell? He went to hell to deal with the one that holds the keys of death and hell. To con- Jesus was called Lord when he was walking on this earth. Is that not true? But to consummate his lordship. To move beyond where Mary was just recognizing him, him as Lord or Peter was recognizing him as Lord to where the devil himself recognized him as Lord. It's called consummate Lord. The Lord who, who went into hell to bring, to hold, the, to defeat the devil, defeat the one who had authority, who, who was holding the keys of hell and holding the keys of death, spiritual death and physical death. And through that has subjected the whole generation of Adam to death. 
So Jesus couldn't have just cast out devils and done all of those things and then ended. He said, oh, I've dealt with them. You when you come deal with them. Is that what Jesus did? No. He went to hell. Who went to hell? His human spirit went to hell. But according to the scriptures, that human spirit went to hell and defeated the devil in hell. And the scripture says he preached the spirit of Jesus. Preached. That's how real when a person's spirit leaves his body is this. His spirit person, the human spirit, preached to those in prison, in hell. True or false? Oh, some of you, I have to take you back to certain messages again. Come on, shout glory. So after he defeated, take me to Revelation chapter 1. Let me close with that one. I've not even entered the new Bible. I entered Maso Malagados Epreli Okosotoya. You see that the human spirit going to hell, defeating the devil there. So the type of human spirit that Jesus was raised with is different with the one that he was he had when he died. The difference is in the fact that this time he says, Oh, come on, come on, shout glory. glory. He says to make the captain of their salvation perfect. Through sufferings. To make the captain of their salvation perfect. So by resurrection, he was brought to a state of perfection. Who's hearing what I'm saying? And let me show you something. It says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness? Oh no, Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17. I know this is powerful. Now wait, wait, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten from the dead. Do you see there? The first begotten. Now, he used the word begotten. It's very powerful. That means that when that human spirit, that type of human spirit that Jesus had, was sin or bore sin and went to hell, that, that human spirit did not come back as it was. No. He did not defeat the devil and then remove the, the, the cloth of sin or the nature of sin and throw it to the devil and came back. No, that's not what he did. If he had done that, then he would have, if God had made that possible, then he would have just, his human spirit would have gone to hell, defeated the devil in hell, then he would have just removed the cloth of sin or the garment of sin. Do you get what I'm saying? Or the nature of sin that he had and just threw it to the devil. That's not true. And I've just been raised back to life. But God did not do it that way. After he had defeated the devil, it says, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Go to now verse 17. Let me show you something there. Say, show us, show us, show us. Say, show us. Is that not powerful? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. We will close in the next five minutes. Come and shout glory. And laid his right hand upon me, saying, Unto me, fear not. Oh, my son, this calls for a glory. It says, I am the first and I am the last. Then verse 18, it says something. Are we here? Are we here? Yes, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am he that liveth. Do you see it there? See, the scripture saying it's so powerful. That's why you should pray. If you are in what WCH is pray, pray, Lord, let the eyes of my understand the lighting. Let the eyes of my understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? He did not say that I am he that liveth, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Did he say that? But he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. To let us know that he experienced death. And see, behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Say amen. amen. And I have the keys of hell. And I have the keys of death. Do you see that? So when that human spirit went to hell, that human spirit was born again. That's why he referred to as the begotten. Now, if you study the scriptures, and you don't study some of these things, you just see the first born from the dead. Is that not true? So he's the first to be born from the dead. But he's the first to be born again from the dead. Now, we say what, if, when we say somebody is born, it means you are brought into existence by birth. 
When we say you are born again, it means you've been born before. Is that not true? By this time you are born again. That means that you've gone through a womb to be born. So if in the natural, in the natural sense, not scriptural sense, we are talking about like for instance, somebody is born again. We are actually saying that the person was born here, walking around, went into the womb of another woman somewhere, and got born again. And that person will be different from the one who was walking in this place. Whoever I just said there. Jesus is born again. Now, Jesus, the human spirit, was born again. That means that there was a new human spirit that was birthed out when he was resurrecting. Different from the one he had when he went to, when he went to hell. And different from the one, the one he had before he carried sin. Because the one he came up with was different. That's why he calls him the first to be born. So Jesus did not just enter hell with his human spirit and came up, came out. He went to hell with his human spirit and was born again. Now, the fact that he was born again means, oh, come on, shout glory. glory. He was born through the Holy Spirit. A new, that is, that is, that human spirit is referred to as the new man. The human spirit of Jesus before death is not referred to as the new man. So Ezekiel said that I will put a new spirit within you. That new man is another kind of human, another type of human spirit. The consummated Lord. That human spirit. So the scripture says that by resurrection Jesus has been made Lord, true or false. Oh, I said true or false. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven. Where? Every knee should bow where again? And every knee should bow where again? Beneath the earth. But when he was walking on the streets and all that, every knee was not supposed to just bow beneath the earth. They saw his authority. Did they see his authority when he was walking? Yes, sir. That is why when he when says, all authority has been given unto me. He didn't say some authority. He said what? All authority. By resurrection. So this type of human spirit is also referred to as the new man. Come and shout, powerful man of God. Powerful man of God. Who wants to close now? Who wants to what I just said right now? So I've explained three things there. I've explained three persons there. And that human spirit, which you refer to as the new man, is the human spirit that has control over everything. He is called Lord. He is made Lord. Oh, shout glory. glory. Shout glory. glory. And there is that, that is the consummation of the human spirit. The perfection of the human spirit of Jesus. So that all of us who are born and identified with him, we are not just here casting out devils. We are holding the key with him of death and hell. Lift up your hands and say, powerful man of God. Lift up your hands. Shall we please be upstanding? Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Next week we continue. Come on, shout glory. Shout glory. Shout glory. Shout glory.